Section four of the Rape of Lucrece. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. The Rape of Lucrece by William Shakespeare. Section four. Lucrece, quoth he, this night I must enjoy thee if thou deny then force must work my way for in thy bed i purpose to destroy thee that done some worthless slave of thine i'll slay to kill thine honour with thy life's decay and in thy dead arms do i mean to place him swearing i slew him seeing thee embrace him so thy surviving husband shall remain the scornful mark of every open eye thy kinsmen hang their heads at this disdain thy issue blurred with nameless bastardy and thou the author of their obloquy shalt have thy trespass cited up in rhymes and sung by children in succeeding times but if thou yield i rest thy secret friend the fault unknown is as a thought unacted a little harm done to a great good end for lawful policy remains enacted the poisonous simple sometimes is compacted in a pure compound being so applied his venom in effect is purified then for thy husband and thy children's sake tender my suit bequeath not to their lot the shame that from them no device can take the blemish that will never be forgot worse than a slavish wipe or birth hours blot for marks descried in men's nativity are nature's faults not their own infamy here with a cockatrice dead killing eye he rouseth up himself and makes a pause while she the picture of pure piety like a white hind under the gripe's sharp claws pleads in a wilderness where are no laws to the rough beast that knows no gentle right nor aught obeys but his foul appetite but when a black-faced cloud the world doth threat in his dim mist the aspiring mountains hiding from earth's dark womb some gentle gust doth get which blows these pitchy vapours from their biding hindering their present fall by this dividing so his unhallowed haste her words delays and moody pluto winks while orpheus plays yet foul night-working cat he doth but dully while in his hold-fast foot the weak mouse panteth her sad behaviour feeds his vulture folly a swallowing gulf that even in plenty wanteth 
his ear her prayers admits but his heart granteth no penetrable entrance to her plaining tears harden lust though marble wear with raining her pity pleading eyes are sadly fixed in the remorseless wrinkles of his face her modest eloquence with sighs is mixed which to her oratory adds more grace she puts the period often from his place and midst the sentence so her accent breaks that twice she doth begin ere once she speaks she conjures him by high almighty jove by knighthood gentry and sweet friendship's oath by her untimely tears her husband's love by holy human law and common troth by heaven and earth and all the power of both that to his borrowed bed he make retire and stoop to honour not to foul desire quoth she reward not hospitality with such black payment as thou hast pretended mud not the fountain that gave drink to thee mar not the thing that cannot be amended end thy ill aim before the shoot be ended he is no woodman that doth bend his bow to strike a poor unseasonable doe my husband is thy friend for his sake spare me thyself art mighty for thine own sake leave me myself a weakling do not then ensnare me thou look'st not like deceit do not deceive me my sighs like whirlwinds labour hence to heave thee if ever man were moved with woman's moans be moved with my tears my sighs my groans all which together like a troubled ocean beat at thy rocky and wreck-threatening heart to soften it with their continual motion for stones dissolved to water do convert oh if no harder than a stone thou art melt at my tears and be compassionate soft pity enters at an iron gate in tarquin's likeness i did entertain thee hast thou put on his shape to do him shame to all the host of heaven i complain me thou wrong'st his honour wounds his princely name thou art not what thou seem'st and if the same thou seem'st not what thou art a god a king for kings like god should govern everything how will thy shame be seeded in thine age when thus thy vices bud before thy spring if in thy hope thou darest do such outrage what darest thou not when once thou art a king o oh, be remembered no outrageous thing from vassal actors can be wiped away then king's misdeeds cannot be hid in clay this deed will make thee only loved for fear but happy monarchs still are feared for love with foul offenders thou perforce must bear when they in thee the like offences prove if but for fear of this thy will remove for princes are the glass the school the book where subjects eyes do learn do read do look and wilt thou be the school where lust shall learn must he in thee read lectures of such shame wilt thou be glass wherein it shall discern authority for sin warrant for blame to privilege dishonour in thy name 
thou back'st reproach against long-living laud and makest fair reputation but a bawd hast thou command by him that gave it thee from a pure heart command thy rebel will draw not thy sword to guard iniquity for it was lent thee all that brood to kill thy princely office how canst thou fulfil when patterned by thy fault foul sin may say he learned to sin and thou didst teach the way think but how vile a spectacle it were to view thy present trespass in another men's faults do seldom to themselves appear their own transgressions partially they smother this guilt would seem death-worthy in thy brother oh how are they wrapped in with infamies that from their own misdeeds askance their eyes to thee to thee my heaved-up hands appeal not to seducing lust thy rash relier i sue for exiled majesty's repeal let him return and flattering thoughts retire his true respect will prison false desire and wipe the dim mist from thy doting eyne that thou shalt see thy state and pity mine have done quoth he my uncontrolled tide turns not but swells the higher by this let small lights are soon blown out huge fires abide and with the wind in greater fury fret the petty streams that pay a daily debt to their salt sovereign with their fresh falls haste add to his flow but alter not his taste thou art quoth she a sea a sovereign king and lo there falls into thy boundless flood black lust dishonour shame misgoverning who seek to stain the ocean of thy blood if all these petty ills shall change thy good thy sea within a puddle's womb is hearsed and not the puddle in thy sea dispersed so shall these slaves be king and thou their slave thou nobly base they basely dignified thou their fair life and they thy fouler grave thou loathed in their shame they in thy pride the lesser thing should not the greater hide the cedar stoops not to the base shrub's foot but low shrubs wither at the cedar's root so let thy thoughts low vassals to thy state no more quoth he by heaven i will not hear thee yield to my love if not enforced hate instead of love's coy touch shall rudely tear thee that done despitefully i mean to bear thee unto the base bed of some rascal groom to be thy partner in this shameful doom this said he sets his foot upon the light for light and lust are deadly enemies shame folded up in blind concealing night when most unseen then most doth tyrannize the wolf hath seized his prey the poor lamb cries till with her own white fleece her voice controlled entombs her outcry in her lips sweet fold for with the nightly linen that she wears he pens her piteous clamours in her head cooling his hot face in the chastest tears that ever modest eyes with sorrow shed oh that prone lust should stain so pure a bed the spots whereof could weeping purify her tears should drop on them perpetually but she hath lost a dearer thing than life and he hath won what he would lose again this forced league doth force a further strife this momentary joy breeds months of pain 
this hot desire converts to cold disdain pure chastity is rifled of her store and lust the thief far poorer than before look as the full-fed hound or gorged hawk unapt for tender smell or speedy flight make slow pursuit or altogether balk the prey wherein by nature they delight so surfeit-taking tarquin fares this night his taste delicious in digestion souring devours his will that lived by foul devouring o oh, deeper sin than bottomless conceit can comprehend in still imagination drunken desire must vomit his receipt ere he can see his own abomination while lust is in his pride no exclamation can curb his heat or rein his rash desire till like a jade self-will himself doth tire and then with lank and lean discoloured cheek with heavy eye knit brow and strengthless pace feebly desire all recreant poor and meek like to a bankrupt beggar wails his case the flesh being proud desire doth fight with grace for there it revels and when that decays the guilty rebel for remission prays so fares it with this faultful lord of rome who this accomplishment so hotly chased for now against himself he sounds this doom that through the length of times he stands disgraced besides his soul's fair temple is defaced to whose weak ruins muster troops of cares to ask the spotted princess how she fares she says her subjects with foul insurrection have battered down her consecrated wall and by their mortal fault brought in subjection her immortality and made her thrall to living death and pain perpetual which in her prescience she controlled still but her foresight could not forestall their will even in this thought through the dark night he stealeth a captive victor that has lost in gain bearing away the wound that nothing healeth the scar that will despite of cure remain leaving his spoil perplexed in greater pain she bears the load of lust he left behind and he the burden of a guilty mind end of section four recording by elizabeth clett